0: This episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast is brought to you in partnership with Thermo Fisher Scientific and Applied Biosystems' new QualTrack real-time PCR and digital PCR solutions for biopharma. Give your Cell and Gene therapy development an edge with reliable and accurate qPCR and dPCR workflows backed by a trusted supplier. Explore the complete ecosystem of CGMP compliant qPCR and dPCR assays master mixes and instruments at thermofisher.com slash qPCR slash biopharma. Hello listeners and welcome to this episode of Gene the podcast. I'm your host Aaron Harris and my guest for this episode is Will Junker. He is the head of Vector Manufacturing Quality at Kite Pharma. Will, welcome to Gene the podcast. Thanks for being here with me today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Aaron.
0: Absolutely. All right, we're gonna jump right in. So talk to me about what you feel from your your professional experience. What are the biggest challenges facing viral vector manufacturing today? And on top of that, do you see any real change coming soon to alleviate the challenges that we're going to go through?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so certainly the largest challenge that we're facing at this point in time is the limited CMO uh, capacity for plasmids, lentiviral, um, AAV, as well as uh, retrovirus. And um, and what we do, or, or the reason for that is it is still a niche com- commodity compared to, you know, large scale um, biotech manufacturing um, in the light of cell and gene. Being still a, even though being a, an industry success story, right? So we have we have capacities established to, uh, you know, at, at the CMO and CDMO community um, that supply some, but certainly not long range, commercially enough vector to uh, to satisfy the, the the cell and gene therapy market. So we have a, a lot of industry responses around this, right? So it's it starts with um, you know uh multiple new companies coming i would say out of the woodwork right um in general uh companies that have been providing like equipment or technologies to the cell and gene therapy space um and have identified this as a as a strategic target and a need uh, across the industry to have that capability to manufacture vectors um, and work with their client and sponsor um, community to building this capacity. Some of them already have capacity established, Um, not just the classic CMOs we used to work with, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, when this was um, not really recognized as a bottleneck. Um, Kite's approach, uh, we do vertically integrate. So we are at the point of our um, commercialization journey, where we have a couple of commercial products, a couple of uh, late stage uh, pipeline products, and we understand what our vector demand is going to look like over the next, over the foreseeable future, you know, up to 10, 15 years in the, in the future. And what we what we are doing is, or what we did, is we built our own uh, capacity for viral vectors specifically. Um, I'm running quality at this, at this facility, and uh, we are ready to supply the internal demand um, over there, certainly over the next, you know, over this foreseeable future um with uh, all kinds of vectors right and this is uh this is i think commensurate with the maturity of our company
0: gotcha okay that's good and uh we're gonna get to specifically capacity a little bit later in our discussion so we will revisit that but um in the meantime i want to talk a little bit about you know standardizing or developing standardized CMC methods it it seems to be a bit of a challenge for the industry as a whole and so I wanted to get your take on you know why standardized CMC methods are so important what those methods are and you know if and when developing is it even feasible to develop standardized methods uh standardized CMC methods
1: yeah yeah, that's a really good question, and it's uh, you, you're totally right, you're spot on. This is a challenge for everybody in this field. Um, so, you, you know, in, in general, to look at cell and gene therapy, um, all of our all of our you, you know our, our entire field, our industry, our other providers um, of these therapies struggle with the more exotic and novel um, nature of our analytical methods across the field. Um, we, you know, we look at things like um like pure impurity profiles, potency, you know, safety methods, whatever that looks like in the analytical field, in a way that um, you know, we 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 try to lean towards best practices, but a lot of this is internally developed. And um, if you talk to one analytic development department at one company and another one at another company, you will very soon find uh significant profound differences in the way this is approached um this is not helpful if you if you go commercialization and you go to your second product into a pivotal uh phase two or three uh study and you have to reinvent the wheel how to you know uh manufacture and how to control manufacturing of a consistent quality vector so um the trick is really to standardize. To come to uh, first of all to come to platform methods, right? This is the long-range target to have um, a certain a certain assay that is being generally accepted across the industry has you know the the um, the positive impression with the health authorities that you know regulate our industry, um, and then that, that is also reproducibly able to be transferred in a way that. Um, that makes it easy, right, for for QC or analytical development departments to uh, to adapt to adapt them. So, um, so that's what we're trying to do. We're working with ISO and other um, institutions out on the market um, as an industry forum, if you want, right, to uh, to like streamline even even just start developing of such standards and and uh, associated platform methods.
0: Good, good. Okay. Uh, in, in keeping with the topic of standardization, you know, with biopharma companies using different production systems and downstream processes. So talk to us a little bit about, in, in your experience, is is this good? Is this bad? Is this indifferent? And perhaps does it matter to, you know, a kite pharma as in the same way that it matters to, you know, a small and emerging biotech excuse me small and emerging biotech can you talk us through that a little bit
1: yeah yeah this is uh this is another one of our of the things that sometimes keeps keeps me awake at night um, and together with with our leadership team so you know it's an interesting commodity to look at a vector um it is breaking apart uh with the original upstream downstream model that we have uh you know adapted uh, to across the industry, coming from menopoil antibodies, come from general regenerative, you know, um, um, commodities. So vectors are tricky to standardize in their manufacturing process because they are, you know, they vary in their payload, meaning the, the package, uh, you know, um, uh, proprietary information that the success of every cell and gene therapy company is based on. So um, we can standardize manufacturing of types of vector. We have uh, one way to make uh, retroviral vector at Kite, and then this is a general, a general um, way of working across the industry. When it comes to lentivirus and adeno-associated you know, ones, so even, even um, it, you know, uh, new ways of of introducing these these payloads, right? Um, it becomes a little bit more tricky to look at okay what is the type of bioreactor what's the scale you want to manufacture these in? do you do adherent or suspension cell uh culture but what does purification look like every one of those vectors may have a different um like specific ask when it comes to impurity profile what's acceptable and what's not so there are different ways of doing this so i think it's in generally a good thing that we haven't gotten to a standardization there along the lines of what happened in, uh, in large regenerative biotech. But we are, we're still, we're still struggling with this, right? We don't really know yet um, how the market develops. Uh, at some point in time, you can maybe buy an off-the-shelf you know, um, equipment package that is easily uh, put into an envelope where you can do aseptic manufacturing of a viral vector um, you know, in your garage. But uh, I think we're still a couple of decades away from
0: that, from that, you know, status. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, along the lines of what I thought you probably were going to say, there were a little ways out, but uh, makes sense. I want to go back to capacity, uh, manufacturing capacity. What are the, some of the key issues from your perspective when it comes to capacity planning? And how do you and your team at Kite, or if not perhaps you and your team at Kite, just from your professional experience, how do you address those key issues? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Capacity planning is really difficult. Um, So I want to, I want to align this a little bit with the cell and gene therapy journey of any one of the companies out there that is, you know, embarking on it or already on their, on their way. Um, So at the beginning you find the science to really have a breakthrough therapy you know, at your hands. Um, you know, your best guess is that it's going to work. you go going to clinic, you may have uh, in phase one, uh, you know, some successful trials and you find out, you know, okay, this is really going to be awesome to add to the market, right? It may meet an unmet need or, or, you know, it has, um, it has really a, a great potential to make a difference. So um, the trick is, to, to work with a C or CMO or CDMO at the beginning because you don't really know what your capacity uh, needs to be due to the fact that you have very little or, or limited understanding of market penetration and, you know, generally the uh, the success of, of your, your seven gene therapy. Um, working with those CMOs was for us very uh, effective. We were able to have sufficient supply to not have any shortage over the even over the pandemic uh, last couple of years. Um, but we we outgrew that. So we are right now looking at this integration, this vertical integration of vector manufacturing into cell and gene therapy or specifically T at Kite. Um and we have uh we have made great strides and great investments to to establish that, even investments with our CMO, CDMO community to uh you know, soften the blow a little bit. Um, and so where we are is um, we are at the stage where we have a long-range plan for market setup, saturation, a, um, a strategic long-range plan to really understand, you know, what is our what is our capacity increase uh, for CAR-T or for cell and gene therapy, um, which then in turn drives that capacity for viral vector. And we have established, sufficient capacity to keep us, um, not just afloat, but actually, uh, well, well established over the next couple of
0: decades. Good. Good. Okay. Um, I want to talk about, you know, from a time perspective, so especially as it applies to cell and gene therapies, you know, time is of the essence for every facet of it. Um, everything is a race against, like I always like to say a highly regulated clock to bring these therapies to market. So, and to patients Um, talk to us about time as it applies to viral vector manufacturing. So for, so in other words, you know, when should biotechs start considering their manufacturing processes? Should they look to outsource? And if, and I know we just kind of talked about this, okay. Outsource early, work with a CDMO. Um, In what ways can listeners make time their friend when it comes to you know, viral vector manufacturing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, so yeah. First of all, it is extremely beneficial to work with a CDMO um, due to the fact that there is expertise that you buy with with the contract, right? Um, to establish capacities in a way that that you know helps you get up to get up get up and running in your in your cell and gene therapy journey. Um, you know when it comes to the actual provision there is a there is a beautiful a beautiful contrast right so cell and gene therapy in general as you said is a time crunching type of activity right you have a, a time to patient commitment uh generally as an as a as a company you have uh to deal with things that are gmp related like um you know i'm a quality guy so There are deviations, there are kappas, there are issues with closing a batch record, there are, you know, a myriad of little um, things that could happen. You might have a visual inspection failure or an auto specification in a release assay or something like that. So, um, it's always a time crunch and on everybody, everybody who is working on the manufacturing uh, process themselves of cell and gene therapy knows that the, their main goal in life is to make those um, and to help that patient. Uh, when it comes to you know, we are in, in cancer specifically hematologic malignancies. Um, you know, our patients, at least the, at the beginning, when we were uh, you know kind of end of line in our positioning, our patients had like maybe just enough time to to wait for those to be made and for infusion before you know they were they were thinking about retirement. Um, And so what we need to do is, is at that case, really be consistent and be fast. Speeds up the essence. For viral vector, the contrast, you know, the contrast that, for viral vector, the manufacturing capacity utilization is really a question of inventory. Mm -hmm. So much more along the lines of traditional biopharma, we are making enough vector to supply our network of T-cell facilities um, uh, you know, for car T to uh, to be able to always meet the demand of the market, and the demand is a is a moving target, right? We are we're expanding demand utilization, you know, at a at a at a certain velocity. There are new things that pop up, uh, new programs, adjustments, uh, process improvements that require um, you know a a sometimes massive change to our uh, vector manufacturing um, you know model, and so. Um, so the, the, the thing is, focus on inventory when you make vector and don't necessarily worry too much about time to market unless you have issues with expiry of individual vector lots, you know, uh, getting too close to consumption, um, where, where you, know, you, you need to make some adjustments, either file for, for uh, expiry extension or, you know, improve your process.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And a concentration on inventory is, is a nice segue into our next uh, topic here, which is to help our listeners prepare for 2023 and beyond, and to really consider the absolute top priorities when it comes to vector manufacturing quality, but, you know, inventory certainly being, you know, one having a, a big focus on that. What else would you say would be the absolute top priorities for anybody listening for, um, the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you nailed it, Aaron, right? So the, the, the difficulties that we faced during the pandemic was supply shortage, um, in general, uh, and specifically to vector and, you know, a couple of the commercial players had issues, uh, being close to or beyond stock out of, of therapies just due to the fact that they couldn't get enough vector to supply their, their, their capability. So. Um, yes, capacity is, a, is continuing to be a, a focal point of any development in the space. Uh, but the other thing is also process understanding. So from a quality perspective, um, we, we see oftentimes vector manufacturing processes, and that is not kite specific, this is across the industry, being, being kind of a, a, not an afterthought, but a side gig. Um, with with the scientific, you know, inclusion of, of whatever cell and gene therapy into a commercial field. And so to understand, however, the vector manufacturing process at a higher level than we do today, uh, going, you know, a little bit and actually significantly above just understanding the science and looking at this attractive technology with its with its great uh, efficiency to, to make a vector that really works. Um, We had, we had very interesting conversations with our health authorities, with the FDA, the Europeans, um, uh, you know, et et cetera, to, uh, you know, around what is our process understanding really? How do we control impurities? How do we control, you know, multiple, multiple vectors being manufactured in the same uh, building? Um, And, and how do we, how do we, you know what's our future projection on how we continuously and securely supply the market uh, you know uh, within kite to uh to be able to continue make therapies so process understanding is so important um and then you know it's always it's always important to have uh to have a good understanding of um the the pathway forward not just hey what done have a check mark on vector And start going into the clinic um that's not the case you know even working with the cmo or cdmo uh, accountability for the quality and the and the continuous support uh, supply of vector lies with the sponsor company and so you know that's not that's not a a reason to kind of just you know walk away from it
0: yeah sure that makes a lot of sense um we've kind of formally come to the end of our we've come to the formal end of our, our discussion. And okay. so uh, I wanted to ask you to get to, to know you a little bit better uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are a Californian by way of Germany. <laughs> and- That is true, yeah. That is true. Uh, and as the summer winds down even in California, I was wondering what do you like to do in the in the quote unquote fall months in California?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So. Um, you know, California, the, the, even the winter temperatures, uh, during the day in Southern California are still in the seventies at the, close to the, close to the ocean. I live, uh, just a couple of miles away from the beach. So I'll continue to go to the beach, uh, not spending too much time or not enough, or not that much time anymore in the water. Uh, but rather looking at things like, uh, you know, paddle boarding, surfing to some extent, uh, but certainly taking long walks. I will take my, my son hiking. Um, and we're going to have a good time on this. I'm going to spend a lot of time with my girlfriend preparing for Halloween. Halloween is our favorite holiday. So, um, this is always a good time to, uh, to, you know, let the scary out a little bit if you want. Right. Um, and then of course there's Thanksgiving, there's football, there's, you know, the, the, the general American pastime when it comes to the holiday season.
0: That's wonderful. That's so much fun. It sounds like you have a full lineup. Oh, yeah. uh, do you dress up for Halloween?
1: Almost oh, definitely, yeah. I'm trying really? to be the scariest person on the block. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to send us uh, some pictures after the fact, and we can uh, post them on Cell and Jean for our our uh, listeners and readers to to see exactly what you went with. Do you know what you're being?
1: Um, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm still, still figuring it secret.
0: out. <laughs> 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 that's great. That's great. Uh, all right, listeners. Well, that wraps up this episode of Gene the podcast with Kite Pharma's Will Junker. Will, thank you so much for all the valuable information you shared today. This was a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Erin.
0: Be sure to visit Selenjean to register for our free newsletter and to get all the quality content you need to help you perform your role even better. Talk to you soon.